All right. So on the last episode of Lockdown Avalanche, we looked at the free agent centers. And today we will be looking at the free agent right wingers. Are there any out there that can come in and help make this Avalanche team any better? New episode, Lockdown Avalanche, coming at you. Your Lockdown Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Avalanche. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us over on our YouTube channel. Over on YouTube, hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. And why not subscribe to our subtext? Link to that is in the show notes below. And uh, when you subscribe, you can talk to Kyle and I one-on-one. Fun stuff going on over there. So uh, what do we got today, sir? We have Samuel Gerard and his grade. And we are hoping to uh, kind of touch on what's going on in Arizona. And uh, I mean, they're a division rival. Will they be if relocation is in their future? We don't know right now, but it's uh, how we said like this offseason is going to be an interesting one. That goes for several teams. That's not exclusive to the Avalanche, right? And we haven't even got to the offseason. We haven't yet. Technically, we have not yet. Right. So, uh, but where we're going to start today is that we're kind of making our way through uh, unrestricted free agents by position. And uh, the other day we did the centers and we asked the question, is there a center in the free agent market that could kind of take that 2C spot, which is so wide open for the avalanche right now? And I think we're all in agreement that we're more comfortable of someone taking the 2C in the form of a trade Mm -hmm. because the center market doesn't seem that strong where someone could come in and, and take that spot. The same is kind of true for wingers for the Avalanche. When you have as many unrestricted free agents as the Avs have, there's going to be guys leaving and guys coming in. So you are going to have, I mean, you're, you're going to be signing free agents regardless. Where they slot in is the question. So for the Avs right now, here's here's your wingers under contract for next season. Miko Rantanen, Val Nechuskin, question mark next to his name, uh, Arturi Lekkanen, Logan O'Connor. That's it. Wait a minute. There's, <laughs> there's, there has to be more names, Chris. Keep there going. is, there is not more names unless you're, I mean, going into, you know, your, your, uh, Curtis Eagles, <laughs> maybe the biggest asterisk next to that name for a yeah. forward but i get what you're saying but the, there's not a lot yeah. there's not a lot so um taking a look at the free agents in terms of right wingers um you have some decent names on here so you know, the last time we talked about it with, with the centers we kind of went by their their cap hit from last year um, and I started with anybody that was over $5 million. I'll do the same with that. You know what? Yeah, I'll do the same with that. So here's your here's your right wingers who made $5 million or more last year. Uh, you have Patrick Hornquist, 
You have Gustav Nyquist, a lot of quists mm-hmm. going on. Uh, Kyle Ocposo, Vladimir Tarasenko, and Patrick Kane. So those are your right wingers who made the most money. Um, and just not just designated to those guys. It's almost blasphemous to say. Mm-hmm. But w- you see them a lot with how the Avalanche play. And a name that's always stood out to me, even though he's not like putting up incredible numbers, Oscar Sunquist of Minnesota. You're not asking a lot out of a mm-hmm. winger for the Avalanche. And when Colorado has played Minnesota, mm-hmm. I, he's he, he's. A good, a good equivalent. Like he, he doesn't blow you away with his stats, but he is just consistent. And I think the Avalanche need just some consistency. If you're going to come in to Colorado, if you could just come in and just fill a role, then your job is made, and that's exactly what Colorado needs for you, and to build upon. Because honestly, looking at the centers and looking at the wings, and we'll be looking at other positions, you're starting to starting to see like it's thin in that regard, and you just need something to get through, build around, and try and get to a a certain point where you can really make some moves. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there, there's I always like to see on social media, you know, what people throw out there and, and everybody has their reasoning why they're throwing out guys. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I saw some people feeling like the avalanche need to get a little bit more physical. Mm-hmm. And, and so the name that, that I, I've seen, not a lot of, but you, you see it anyway. And it's Corey Perry. And I'm like, I, I don't know if that's the route the avalanche. I think, Corey Perry kind of grew on me over the past couple of years. Yeah. He, 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 you know, four years plus ago, he was just one of those like annoying players. And I think as he's gotten older, he's kind of gotten away from that a little bit. And I wonder if it's because like his age, if he gets into, you know, scrums as much as he used to, um, he might break a hip. Yeah. And he might need like hip replacements. Like, so he doesn't play that way anymore. And and that's kind of that was his style of game for a long time. So I don't know, but but he's he's approaching 39 years old. He just well, actually just turned 38 years old. So here we are again with all the guys that seem like they would be good fits for the avalanche five years ago aren't anymore because of the age factor i don't think they want to go down that road he wouldn't cost you anything yeah that's true Um, that's that's kind of why i went with sunquist too because i'm you always want to keep the dollar sign amount like mm -hmm. in the back of your mind but like i i've also seen the Corey perry stuff and yes he would have fit with this team four or five years ago and if you take Corey perry that means you're not getting the cup that's just how it goes Let's see. Sunquist is uh, he's gonna he's twenty nine now. I made two point seven five last year. Eh, that's not a horrible idea, man. It's, I mean, it's it's not a lot, and he yeah. uh, for his production and what he can add to whatever 
line you put him on. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a good. You mentioned band aid player. Mm-hmm. That's a cheap band aid that you will feel re- it's somebody mm-hmm. you can rely on. I I, it's, I think with a lot of the wingers, I'm just looking at their production from last year. Uh, in terms of points, Patrick Kane leads the unrestricted right wingers in points. 57 points in 73 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is Tarasenko, 50 points in 69 games. Uh, Daniel Sprong, there's a guy who really kind of arrived yeah. this year with Seattle. 46 points in 66 games played, and he made a whopping $750,000 last year. He could be a guy that, that's third most. That's third most for wingers. And he made minimum. So he could be a guy that's that's looking for and how old is and he's 27. He's going into his 27. So expect a big increase from him. Um is it, that something that's too rich for the avalanche? Depends on how much he wants. That's gonna be an interesting one to watch. And you want to keep an eye on the Western Conference finals because again, a Devnoff for Dallas is also mm-hmm. gonna be up next year. And he is. Um, I. It, he's yeah. annoying. Everything you want out of Corey yeah. Perry, it's there. Everything you've been wanting out of like a Tarasenko, it's cheaper with that yep. off. I think that would be if you want to solve your problems by throwing money at something. I think Dadnoff will be your problem solver. Yeah. But is that something you want to commit to? And what does the term look like? That's right. the question. But. If it goes, if Dallas keeps churning through the playoffs, his price is going up. Yeah. And everything, everybody else after that, after those top three, um, production wise from last year, it's all kind of depth pieces. Phil yep. Kessel's the next one on there. He played all 82 games, no surprise there, uh, but he only had 36 points and on a good Vegas team. Yeah. So, you know, it, and he's getting up there in age too. So you don't really expect much from him i feel like the if the avalanche wanted him they would have got him last year yeah well he's not someone i really have on my radar um jesper fast is on that uh 80 games played 29 points kyle opozo 75 uh games played 28 points so all like everything else i'm trying to go down the list and see if there's that one guy that didn't play because of injury um and maybe they can you know get it maybe teams are giving up on him because he was injured and don't really have much confidence that he can bounce back. I don't see anybody on here that can do that. You so could take very, very top heavy. You can roll the dice on Pierre Engvall. Mm. 27. Those, those are big dice. Those are prices, right? Dice. Yeah. Those wrong. are Pierre Engvall. A lot of teams have kind of, well, teams have kind of tried and given up. You can give the old, well, the avalanche can fix him routine, yeah. but it's an option. I mean, and for the Avalanche, obviously you have Miko, like I said, Nachuskin, but that's a question mark, and Lekkinen. Those are three good wingers if if they're all there you know, with Nachuskin. Yeah. Um, and then O'Connor's under contract. You hope they can bring someone back like Evan Rodriguez. So there's there's five wingers. So your, your top is kind of good. If you can bring someone like Evan Rodriguez back and maybe Alex Newhook improves a little bit um your 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 top wingers are okay so maybe you are looking for those middle of the range guys when it comes to free agency and you know your your middle to bottom six guys 
with the possibility that they you might could bump them up if need be. Yeah. Guys like, you know, if you're bringing back Eller or something like that. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, another interesting um, aspect when it comes to the Avalanche and uh, this offseason when it comes to free agents and wingers because they're going to be signing free agents, like I said in the beginning. They're going to be signing them. Where do they slot in is the big question. So, all right. Uh, ahead, we have Sam Girard and his his grade. Very interesting grade here for Samuel Girard uh, in terms of the social media and the percentages. And you'll see what I mean in a second. But first, we're going to talk about bird dogs. And this is Kyle. Kyle is loving the fact that we uh, signed on with bird dogs because we, we got our uh, shorts in the mail the other day. And I'll tell you what's going on for like what I am looking forward to. I told you I'm looking forward to being able to wear the same pair of shorts. Uh, if I have a busy day where I'm playing a round of golf with my uncle and then uh, have a nice dinner date with my wife. And then I can just come home and we're building a brand new deck right on the other side of this wall right here. We're building a brand new deck, which should be done in the next week or two. And uh, I can go out at the end of the day and hang out. I can do all three of those things and not have to change my pair of shorts because yep. this is bird dogs to a T. Yep. I, I went to my son's concert tonight, his yep. fifth grade concert, came home, lounged around the house, got some things done. Guess what? Shorts perfectly fine my bird dogs they're good they're good to go you know what yeah. i have two pair throw these in the wash put on my other pair <laughs> tomorrow rinse wash repeat i'm i'm never changing shorts they're made out of a, an impressive like stretchy comfortable fabric and you can get them with either a, a liner or a, a without a liner that's that liner right there like, mm -hmm. yeah it's almost like some extra support if you know what i mean uh in there so I, I'm sure, did you get some people like kind of, hey, you got some bird dogs on there, Mr. Yeah. Sullivan. I've had some people ask me about what these are and what they're made out of, yeah. and I've been spreading the word of bird dogs. Yeah, it's they're fantastic. The, the, the three things that bird dogs are known for are the fit, incredibly good fit, the comfort, the comfort is unmatched, and the versatility. We kind of just spelled all three of those things out for you. And yet another amazing thing right now, you can go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. And when you use the promo code locked on NHL, they will throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. There it is right there. If you're watching on the tube, that's and, and the stamped. I don't know why I love that. That's that's just some that's a company that is like looking at all the fine details, if you ask me. So it's it shows in their products, I promise you. It's a game changer. So go to birddogs.com right now. Put in that promo code locked on NHL. Get some great shorts or pants and get a free Yeti tumbler. What's the what's the what's the not like about that deal? Come on now. All right. Uh let's turn over to Mr. Samuel Gerard and get his uh grade of the season. Once again, we do these uh, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday on those episodes that we're doing when those episodes are out. So those days before go to one of these social media pages that we're on and you can take part in the vote. Um, let's throw it up for Sammy G. There they are. Um, interesting percentages for, hmm. for uh, the social media. Hey, the first you, one that you're negative. YouTube. <laughs> uh, no, I, I gave, who I gave a C plus to uh, Byram. 
Oh, that's true. That's I true. did, yeah. So YouTube gave Sammy G a B by 55%. Instagram, 52% B. And Twitter, 71% B. <laughs> so there is a big... Normally, these are kind of in line with, with, with the social media and the percentages. Is it Twitter where we were trying to trade Sammy all year long? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's get rid of him and go get a two C. <laughs> He's so bad, we can get a two C for him somehow. I don't know how that's possible, but um, but almost a twenty point difference between Instagram and Twitter. They both gave him a B, but those other grades were a lot closer on on Instagram and even on YouTube. And this was the first one where you there was a lot of, of votes for all three or all four options on social media. For there were, he had votes for A, obviously B. C and then D and F some, you know, the Sammy G haters came out and uh, voted for that. You went with a flat B like uh, the rest of social media. And uh, why'd you go that route? His career year for Sammy. He did. He did. As much as people wanted to hate on him, uh, the most points he's had in his career. Yeah. And he was effective. Mm -hmm. And it felt more like you remember when, Samuel Gerard was in the running for the Norris. I that, definitely do. For that little burping time mm-hmm. where it felt like Sammy G saw the game of hockey two steps before everybody else, almost had Kale McCarr vision. It felt like Sammy G this year was kind of getting back to that at in moments. He didn't string it together for a full game. There was not a full Sam Gerard dominating game, right. but there were really good moments all year long from Samuel Gerard, and it's one of those things that you really want to see where you can build on next year because last year the injury shortened what we were going to get because he was catching fire at the right time. right? And then he went out with a rib injury, and that was cut short, and he's starting to build that back. I'm very excited to see what the future holds for him if he's still a member of the Avalanche next year. Exactly right. Took the words right out of my mouth. I I, I thought he ended the year on a high note. I thought Mm -hmm. his his playoff against Seattle was was great. I thought he was one of the best defensemen on the team uh, during that that series. And it showed, you know, what he's capable of doing in terms of uh, pushing, you know, transitioning from defense to offense. He's always going to be undersized. So, but I, I don't feel like he gets pushed around as much as the the Sammy Gerard haters want to believe. Like yeah. he he does, he mixes it up as best as he can with the size that he has, and he just disrupts guys. He's not yeah. going to lay guys out. Although he had some really nice hits in that Seattle game, um, and and I, I'm okay with his offensive abilities which are not like over the moon they're not kale mccarr like obviously they're not bowen byram like but he he can put in some offensive numbers and be a force he, he was this the second i shouldn't say a force it's not like he's you know taking games over but um you have to kind of know where he is because he's not afraid to shoot the puck no he'll t- he's got a pretty good slap shot he, he'll take a shot from the outside and he just wants to get a puck towards the net and just if if he gets a deflection or something like that then that he he knows what he's supposed to do out on the ice um and he's never a big scoring machine as you can see there including the playoffs six goals on the year uh 33 assists 
He only had two assists total in the playoffs, but I wasn't looking at that for the playoffs. I was just looking at like, he's not turning the puck over. He's having good uh, zone exits. He's having good zone entries. I th- I've, again, I thought he played well. Now it was a little bit of a struggle for him during the regular season, but you just saw him, you saw the improvement as the season went on. So I'm with you, man. I, I want to know how next year goes for him. He's got to be feeling confident that he ended the season on a good note. And if he is with the Avalanche next year, and that is an if we really like we keep saying the Avalanche have to get creative. And we've said ever since the season ended, he might be a guy that's on the trading block to free up some space and bring in that two C guy that we keep talking about. It could be that guy. If he's not, and he's still with the Avalanche, I want to see how Sam Gerard starts next year because he ended this last year. Two thumbs up. I'm still giving him a C plus on the season because it was the, the, the okay did not outweigh the end of the year. And for most of the season, he was just okay. He gets propped up a little bit for, for the postseason. That's why I give him a C plus. And I'm optimistic for next year because the way the season ended with Josh Manson um, in his play hitting mm-hmm. the basement, uh, mm-hmm. Sam Gerard stopped being the fall guy for everything. <laughs> everything Sam Gerard did positive, um, it was a no but. Um, yeah. Anything Sam Gerard did, well, he did this. No but, he also did this. That right. went away because Josh Manson was taking all the flack. And then you started to appreciate Sam Gerard. So going into next year, knowing that everybody's going to be laser-focused on Josh Manson and what he's going to be doing, mm-hmm. maybe Sam Gerard can start stringing together more shifts, more games, start putting things together and start streaking a little bit. And then we could really build some confidence in Sam Jar that we haven't seen in about two or three years now. Yeah. Um, and like you said, like he, he he had the most points in his career for a regular season, 37, um, which is three more than he had in 2019 and 2020 at 34 in that season. Um, I, I find like the plus minus, I love the, the plus minus police. Um, and I've always said this when it, it doesn't benefit you like you don't care about it. Yeah. And when it benefits your argument, you'll focus in on it. Absolutely. And for him, it's a minus 14 over the course of the full season. I think, let me see where it says during the regular season, he was a minus 10. So he was a minus four in the postseason, And that's just like, you always have to take plus minus with a grain of salt. And I do, I pay attention to it, but I, I it just, right there like he was a minus four in the postseason and here everybody is talking about how to great great postseason he is he had and it's not because of the plus minus plus minus is a a fluky stat it doesn't tell the entire story and there's a perfect example of it yep. so but i love the the you know the plus minus people focus in on that with sam gerard and for other people they'll explain it away be like ah, oh, it doesn't matter that much yeah. so it is what it is but and for his time on ice you think the Avalanche aren't aren't sold on Sammy G? Um, let me see what he had. His time on ice. So I think I put what what's up there is twenty thirty two. I think that's wrong because it went up a little bit in the playoffs. It's actually twenty one thirty. Um, and for the last four years, he's averaged at least twenty one minutes of ice time. And in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, it was twenty three minutes of ice time. So the Avalanche have faith in this guy. They're not going to put him out there for 21 minutes plus year in and year out if they don't feel like he's a part of this team. And we have always said, 
if he's not going to be part of this team, it's going to be a business decision, not on how he's playing. And that could be the case for this year. We have to wait and see. And I mean, look at that 83 games played, averaging that amount of time on ice. I think we kind of take advantage of that and get a little comfortable with that, especially after the season we had with the injuries that all that ice time, we're just out there throwing tomatoes at him and just throwing our hate and not appreciating what he actually brings in consistency and reliability to the ice. So there you go. There's uh, Sammy G and his grade. Let me see who uh, I, I should prepare for this better. And then what? Uh, Let's see after who's up next? Who, who do you think it is? Take a guess on who it is after Sammy G. Well, see, this is where we get into options again. Like it's technically Darren Helm. We're not going to do Darren Helm. Then Houdon? No. <laughs> Brad Hunt is after that. Ah, how many did how many games did Hunt play this last year? I want to say like 21, 22. Uh he played 47 games for the Avalanche in what? 2022, 2023. So there you go. So he's getting a grade. Brad Hunt, baby. Brad Hunt is up next. Imagine that. So all right, there's there's uh Sammy G's grade on the season. All right, last bit of business that we want to get to is we do want to discuss what's going on over in Arizona. They are a, uh, a division friend. We're not going to call them a division foe today because we want to step on them while they're down. Uh, so they're a division friend right now. And I, I talked about this with Adam on the national show yesterday, and he he wasn't surprised by this, by by the vote. In uh, if you if you don't know quickly, like you know, the, the city of Tempe voted on a brand new entertainment district, including a new arena for the Coyotes to be built. Thousands of jobs, billion dollars of revenue coming in. Um, they voted it down. So now the the future of the Arizona Coyotes in Arizona is very much up in the air. They are playing in the uh, Arizona State Arena which they said they were going to do for three years. So they, we know that they're not moving at least for next year. But the fact of them moving uh, is a very real possibility right now. Adam said he was not surprised by the, the result of the vote. I said I was because I thought, you know, a professional sports team is a commodity these days. You don't see cities not take to their their professional sports franchises anymore and for them to vote this down it did surprise me a little bit i have to be honest well i also see how they treat the diamondbacks um around that area they which they is don't, what because i don't really follow they, they, if you're not if you're not showing out like they have the suns out that way there's not a lot of support for the phoenix suns the cardinals you often forget the Arizona Cardinals. You don't, you don't see a lot of support for them either. So, so it's and honestly, let's be real here. Like I love the Yotes, love their jerseys. They have <laughs> like up to, against Seattle, they have one of the Kachinas, one of the best looks in hockey. But to constantly be reminded that your team is a joke and that you're playing in a college arena, and it's always the Yotes can't do anything right. They're always losing all these games, and mm -hmm. they made Wayne Gretzky look like he didn't know what he was doing as a coach. Like, yeah, it's hard to get fired up for that. And, and that's kind of where I went with it was I think the people in Arizona kind of feel like 
we've been doing this for 25 years or whatever it is right now. This isn't like a brand new franchise or you just moved to Arizona and this is within the first 10 years. Like this, we, we know we have, like you're not giving us a reason to get excited about the team. Sure. This, this entertainment district, that's exciting, but we want to see a good team and you haven't proven that to it. Like you can show us a team. Maybe every once in a blue moon, you get those crazy seasons where they exceed expectations and they make the playoffs. But it's not a consistent year after year that they're making the playoffs. And I think fans are just like, why are we going to put, even though it was going to be privately funded, it was not coming out of taxpayer money. That's the crazy part. Yeah. It wasn't going to cost them anything. It was all private. And they still said no. Uh, It's crazy. It's it's very crazy. Very interesting. And it and it can't. Uh, this goes for all like the super hockey historians here. And it, it it probably doesn't feel good that the new Winnipeg Jets are having a much better yeah. time at things than the original Winnipeg Jets are right. in their in their time in Arizona, which honestly has been paved with gold and mm-hmm. had every opportunity for it to flourish, and it just hasn't. So it's it has to be rough. And, and this is Gary Bettman's baby. He just, for some reason, he just won't let this one die. Um, in some way, I get it. I, I hate seeing like teams move around, but it would be funny if the, the former Arizona Thrashers who went to Winnipeg uh, get the old Winnipeg team that went to Arizona goes cross country. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that screws up the divisions too much. I think Houston's a very real possibility if they do choose to relocate. I I am not sold that that's going to happen. Houston has a hockey history as well. What's that? I said Houston has a hockey history as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So they used to be the Houston Arrows out there. I think if Gary Bittman has shown us anything, it is that he wants his team to stay there. Yeah. So I think they will will not leave one stone unturned to try to remain in Arizona. So um, maybe, but the team just has to get better. You can't be that Swiss bank account for every team anymore. You can't. You got to stop doing. At some point, you can't just have keep having these rebuilds. At some point, you need to start a rebuild and stick with it and not give up on the process after two or three years. And you that's what's just that they keep doing over and over and over again. And I, I mentioned it to you before we even went and recorded the show. It should tell you something that Ryan Reynolds and Snoop Dogg and everybody is bidding on the Senators, and nobody is bidding on Arizona. Well, I don't. I mean, Arizona hasn't really said that they're up for sale yet. But no, if it's, they do. Like, I mean, if they move, I wonder if the ownership will eventually sell it. And, I'm, and I'm talking about just in realm of support. Yeah. Like if, yeah. if oh, this no, goes nobody. down, everybody's just kind of like, oh, ho-hum, this is so sorry for the, the Yotes. Where's somebody saying, no, we, I'm building you an arena. This is on me. Let's pitch <laughs> in. Let's do this. Like there wow. has not been a support and there's not a love there because nobody believes on where this team is going. There has to be a shift in mentality around this team for it to survive. I agree with you with the support part, especially from Ryan Reynolds and, and Snoop Dogg. Like, well, Ryan Reynolds is Canadian, so I get the connection there. Snoop Dogg is all West Coast. Yeah. He's at Kings games all the time. Arizona's not that far from Los Angeles. So, you know, he could just stay on the West Coast and 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 throw a Arizona Coyotes jersey on and people would go crazy. But he's not doing that. He's going across the country to the cold Northeast 
to maybe bid on a team, which I don't think he is in on the bid. They, they said who the final four bids were. I don't know if he's part of one of those groups or not, if Snoop Dogg is. But just the fact that he had interest in that yeah. is kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. And, and yeah, I mean, it's different between a team that's being sold and a team that's just not getting support. Um, but you could see maybe a little bit more. I don't, well, maybe not because they're both on the West Coast and they are too close to each other. So he's not going to cross those streams. But but in times like this, this is where you in times like these, this is where you support your team. This is where yeah. you roll out the carpet and say, hey, if the city didn't do this, let's move you down the road. We're going to put this together. Like you want to hear the next option. It sounds like everybody lost the war when mm-hmm. you hear sound bites and everything. Like fight for your team. And somebody yeah. needs to step up and fight for this team. And the other thing that I told Adam was I, th- I think I saw the the final vote was like 29,000 for each one of the three propositions. It was like 29,000 and you know, some random number. And I, I looked at the the population in Tempe and it's over a hundred thousand people. So not even a lot of people showed up to vote for this thing. So it's clearly not important to them to have a professional hockey team. And that's where Gary Bettman has come in. It's like, wow, the turnout for this was terrible. We, this is just another failed attempt to keep the team in or build the team, a new arena. It's time to pull the plug, man. It's time to, I would love for them to stay there, but it's just not being accepted. I mean, remember, so, this used to be the Phoenix Coyotes, and they couldn't they stay there. Couldn't stay there. So we'll see. I mean, the, the offseason, this is going to be one of the, the more entertaining offseasons uh, for multiple reasons uh, on and off the ice that we have seen in a while. So that will wrap it up for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. Uh, yeah, that'll wrap it up for the week. So we'll see you next week where we'll get to those left wingers and then some defensemen and hey maybe even goalies why not uh and uh, make sure to check our social medias too for uh the vote for brad hunt crazy didn't think that's the man the myth the legend absolutely all right everyone he is mr shaggy von doom kyle sullivan i am chris maselli and this is the locked on avalanche podcast we'll see you guys next week go abs go